Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is from the Sword of the Spirit Bible Conference. This is the evening service of Friday the 22nd of February 2013, entitled, Prepare to Forgive. And the Bible reading is taken from the book of Jonah. Here's Pastor Lou Guadano. Good to be here tonight, good to see a good crowd. And uh, that's a blessing, I know it's a blessing to the preacher. I appreciate uh, what the Lord's done in my life, and uh, you know He's He's changed He's changed us, you know. And uh, me and my brother are pastors' kids, but uh, you know, pastors' kids have their trouble too. And uh, I know what it's like to grow up in church and and uh, just have trouble as a teenager. I taught teens for a long time after the Lord got a hold of my heart. My brother uh, grew up in church. He was kind of like a prodigal son. Did not get saved. Finally got saved at 19 years of age. And uh, seen a great change in his life. And um, so I'm going to sing this song from my heart tonight. Now and then, an old friend of mine have not seen for some time. Will stop by and ask me where you've been. What's on your mind? Wondering why I've stopped drinking, painting this old town red. I tell him I'm serving Jesus, and the old man is dead. And the man you see before you. May look a lot the same He may wear the same clothes And have the same old name But you're looking on the outside If you could see inside instead You would see brand new man for the old man is dead I used to live such a wicked life I had no hope inside I was lost in the darkness Searching for the light Then one night in a little church After hearing what the preacher said Gave my heart to Jesus And the old man is there And the man you see before you may look a lot the same. He may wear the same clothes and have the same old name. But you're looking on the outside if you could see inside. 
you would see a brand new man for the old man is dead I want to say I appreciate just uh, the spirit that's already been here and I appreciate your graciousness really uh, with me um, I know that you've had a preacher here that you really appreciate for a number of years and um, you know me being a stranger coming in, I, I, I understand how that can be. And I, I want to just thank you for uh, many of you accepting me as I am. Uh, just an American from New York, greasy Italian from New York. And um, it's all right, you can laugh. We'll have a good time this week, all right? And so I'm really not, uh, I know you don't know me, and it's kind of like I don't know that guy, and I don't know what he's going to do or, or whatever. So so. Uh, we'll get into, you know, some things as we go along and, and, and relax, all right? Tonight, uh, we're going to kind of take it easy. Hopefully, um, we laid a little bit of a groundwork uh, last, last night, and uh, we're going to lay some groundwork today and a little bit tomorrow morning, all right? But we'll gain speed as we go. And so those of you that uh, don't like to eat your green beans and your veg, you know, you, you want the dessert right away, you're going to have to wait. All right, so just try to, these guys are looking at each other like, was he looking at me? I don't know. All right, but uh, just, uh, just really, I want you to be at ease. And, and so, uh, uh, you know, the Lord has uh, just, really, Brother Curtis is right when he says that, uh, that uh, I've been praying and uh, that you're on my heart. You say, how can that be? You don't even know me. And I don't know many of you, but uh, I have... Uh, Lord put me right away in with teenagers, uh, really very soon after I got right with God, and I was just out of the teen department. God put me in there and, and to teach. And then I was teaching there for about 10 years, and so really my heart's with the teens. And then uh, the Lord uh, was moving upon my heart again. Our church had been growing, and um, we all of a sudden had a bunch of just newlywed couples and uh, me and my wife uh, had been praying for these newlywed couples. We knew some of the struggles that we went through just uh, being newly married. And so uh, we were praying, Lord, what, what would you have us do? And so I went to my dad, who was uh, really, uh, at that time, was running everything. Um, and uh, since then, his health is not good. Please pray for him. And, and he's had to kind of take a step, uh, you know, to, to the back a little bit. But um, he said, you need to take that class. You need to start a class for first three years married, and you need to teach it. And I thought, we're only, you know, I think at the time we were like 11 years married, and uh, we thought, we're, we're new at this too. We need someone that's older. And he said, you just come out of it. It's fresh in your mind. You teach it. And so we went and started working with uh, just... Uh, couples that were three and four years married, somewhere in, the, in there. And so that's where uh, the Lord has, uh, I still, even when uh, my dad went down and he was totally out of commission for a whole entire year, I did not give up the couples class uh, because I, my heart is there. And I felt that we were making an impact. And so uh, really there's nothing in me uh, that, that I can give to you these, these days and in these sessions. But uh, I hope that you come to hear from God. And uh, I know... Um, Brother Beaver is not here, but uh, we serve a great God. And so even if you can get by uh, just me and my, uh, my, my way, uh, you know, God can do a work in your heart. And so if, if this American says something stupid, we'll just all laugh. It's okay. We got you know, these guys, will, I'm sure 
pointed out for me, and, and uh, I'll laugh too. And, uh, but uh, my, I don't want to hurt anyone. My, my heart is to be a blessing. And if I, if I say something wrong, it's not Brother Curtis's fault. I'll be gone, and, and, and you can still you know, love Brother Curtis. So uh, take your, take your, take your uh, Bibles. We're going to end up in Jonah. Um, we're not going to get there for a little while. So I'm just going to have you turn there and kind of be ready. I think uh, we have... Um, a verse up on the board, and that'll, that'll be sufficient. I, I really want to talk to you tonight. I'm going to do a little bit of teaching. I may get into a little bit of preaching, but um, I really want to just talk to you and challenge you from some of the things that uh, the Lord has uh, dealt with in my heart and in my life. And um, these things have been very real to me. Jonah, there it is, uh, just uh, in the Minor Prophets, if you kind of go into those last books, all right, don't feel bad, sometimes I have a hard time finding it myself, I just found it, all right, and, uh, and, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll uh, hold there and we'll get there after a while. Uh, the whole idea of this conference is to impact our world, all right, that's the ultimate purpose. God has given us a task to do, uh, each and every one of us, we talked about that a little bit last night, we're all important. Nothing's by mistake. Every one of you have something that you have to do, that only you can do, all right? And so to impact your world, your world is different most of the time. And, you know, we, we share this, but there's, a, there's a, uh, a particular world that is your world. Your world's not my world. So where, where you are, where you're at, God has some things designed for you. And so uh, pay attention to that as we are talking in these days. Take the preaching and the teaching personal. It's not for the person sitting next to you. It's not for your spouse. It's for, it's for you. I looked right at I don't know why I looked at you, brother, but I did. So uh, the, <laughs> sorry, I, you know, that's just it. But um, impact your world is what we want to do, but there's some things that we have to do ahead of time. The, the preacher was talking, and I didn't even know that the theme... And I keep finding more out, brother, as we go. Uh, brother, I didn't know that uh, the, the armor of God, and he did say sword of the spirit conference, but I didn't put those things together. But uh, even in my notes, I have a couple of verses from Ephesians on the armor of God. And really, we do have to put that armor on, but that is preparation. Now, last night we talked about preparation. Tonight is a continuation of preparation. There are some things that we must prepare to do if we're going to be effective. Preparation is a key to success. So if you want to think about it that way, preparation doesn't guarantee success. But if you don't prepare, you're almost guaranteed for failure. So, I mean, if you can get that in your mind, I must prepare. I mean, you can walk in and take a test and... My son does that. He's, you know, out of my kids, <coughs> excuse me, all of them are different. <coughs> my first son, there's that one. <coughs> ah, there it is, right there. All right. Probably from last night. Someone probably put it in. I never trust the teenagers. The teenagers probably put that up there. Who knows where they got it? <coughs> but um, um, what was I saying? My son, he takes a test, but he doesn't prepare. Sometimes people, you know, that are smart, the smarter you are, sometimes you could say, I don't really need to prepare because I can get away with it. I can go in there and take a test. I'll make it by. I don't really need to spend all night up studying. You know, I mean, I don't need to do that. But sooner or later, it'll catch up with you. And when we're talking about this life that we're living, we're playing for keeps. And you've only got one life. 
And so you've got to you've got to do it right the first time. There's no redos. There's no you know we're going to take the test again. And so it very it's very important that uh, you prepare correctly, train well, and uh, when the heat is on, it'll be second nature to do what you're supposed to do. We kind of talked about that uh, last night, making choices ahead of time. Make choices. And so, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm going to make these choices ahead of time so that when the heat is on and I'm in panic mode and I'm in fear, I'm going to make the right choices under pressure because I've been trained. The military does that. Uh, we've got some guys that are getting ready to head off to the military, and they train you, and they train you. They do that in the police and everything else to say, this is what you do, this is what you do. And, and then all of a sudden, when the bullets are flying, they, they, they just react, and their training kicks in. You hear them say, your training kicks in. That's preparation. That's putting on the whole armor of God before you go into battle. You don't run into battle with the armor off and then start you know, trying to put the pieces on as we go. You're going to be into trouble. Um, <clears throat> The other thing I want to just say by way of introduction is realize who you are. Realize who you are. And see, some, sometimes, oh, we can get down on ourselves. Yes, I understand that. But sometimes I think that we think more highly than we ought to think of ourselves. And you can tell when someone says, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Because we think we deserve what? We deserve better. And that tells me, when I start thinking that, that I'm really not looking at myself. I'm really not viewing myself the way I should. Because I think I don't deserve this. And so we need to consider these things. Um, another thing I want to say by way of introduction is man is a trinity. I know you know that. I know I'm, in, I'm dealing with you know, some intelligent people here, all right? I see the guys on the front row. They look highly intelligent. They're smirking at me. I don't know why. They're making me feel uncomfortable. I'm in a strange place. You gotta, you gotta be nice to me, all right? But um, we're a trinity. We're three parts. We're body, soul, and spirit. But each part of us has, has to be prepared. There's different, there's different parts of us that must be prepared. Sometimes we take care of the physical part of our body, which it, it, that's important. But if we're not taking care of the spiritual side, you know, our mind, all of these things, and we don't really have time tonight to break all these things down, but all of these things are important. And you've got to realize that you've got to feed yourself in, in so to speak, on all of these fronts. We're a trinity. Um, and um, to have the right mental attitude, the right mental attitude, the, 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 the can-do attitude. You know, uh, Caleb in the Bible, the Bible says he had another spirit. He had a different mental attitude. Joshua had a different mental attitude. They came back and they said, we can take it. We can do it. And sometimes, uh, uh, you know, teenagers especially, uh, young couples, every time you get beaten down and problems happen, it's, it's quick to just, oh, man, everything is, it's, everything's against me, and just give up real quick. And we've got to say, I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to keep going. We talked a little bit about that last night, talking about training and, and saying, I'm going to do this. And you know when you've put something to your mind and you said, I'm going to do this, a lot of you could get it done. But when you kind of just walk in there and say, I don't know, you know, maybe I will, maybe I won't. But once it gets tough, all of a sudden, boom, flat. That's it. So we've got to have the right mental attitude. Um, let me say something else here. Uh, we, you know, and I know, again, this is obvious, 
The devil's out there. The devil wants to destroy us. And we've got to prepare because I guarantee he's preparing. He's looking about. He's seeking whom he may devour. He's looking in this group tonight, and he's saying, where's the stragglers? Where's the ones on the fringe? Where's the ones that I can pounce on? Because he doesn't want to see you succeed. You know, those are, that are married, he doesn't want to see you succeed. He doesn't want to see, you know, you grow up and have, you know, good families. Penos, you know, just has that little baby. And she's cute and smiley, you know. But God, you know, God wants to protect you, but the devil doesn't want to see you succeed. He wants to, he wants to get you before you have children, before, before things are, are where you can pass on some good traits. He wants to get you, and we're going to have to prepare. We're going to have to prepare because the enemy is coming. Um, again, hang with me, all right? This is the, this is the meat and potatoes. This is the, the green beans, all right? But we've got, to, we've got to impact our world. We've got to lay aside some weights. We've got to put some things off. We've got to lay aside those weights. We've got to put some things on, like we talked about, the armor of God, to be effective. Um, when I talk about the preparation of the mind, you know, a lot of times uh, preachers, I can be guilty of this. I'm, I'm telling folks, you know, to do a certain thing or we're instructing all the time. As a father, I'm instructing my children. But let's be honest, when we don't feel, we don't feel like it, and I'm not saying that you base your life on feelings and that it's always going to feel good, but when you feel like something is wrong, when you feel like, you know, you're, you're just down and you don't even realize why. I mean, have you ever just seemed to wake up and have a day where you're going through the day and you feel like something is wrong today and I don't even know what it is and I'm having a bad day and it seems to go from bad to worse. And so someone comes along and says, you know, well, just, you know, be happy, just whatever. And you're kind of like, get away from me. I mean, that's just the way it goes. And we're there sometimes more than we want to admit. You know, even preachers, even, you know, sometimes, you know, your parents, they put a good face on. You know, the person next to you. You know, we don't want to let the person next to us know really what's going on. We, you know, guys, you know, they put a big tough exterior on. Nothing phases me, you know. But you know that's not the truth. You know that you have struggles with that sort of thing. And we all do. But sometimes... You know, when I look even just at what's going on in my life, there's just sometimes practical things that start to mount up. We can be spiritual, and we're going to talk about that this week. We can be spiritual. We could be reading our Bible. We could be praying. We could be at church and not missed. And still, you know, we feel like we're a failure on every front. And sometimes what, what I just see practically that happens is sometimes things start to build up and things start to mount up. Uh, we talked about many things last night, but let me just say by way of practicality, sometimes just the physical things that are going on, just the practical day-to-day -day operations, sometimes what happens to us, we're, we're great at procrastinating. You know, I mentioned taking a test, doing something. All of us have things that we're supposed to do. We talked about promises last night, keeping your word, maybe Someone made a, a commitment to read their Bible, to get up and pray, to do a certain thing, okay? And these are things that are weighing on your mind. I need to do this. But we're procrastinators, and guess what? We don't do it. 
And sometimes, you know, we're, we're, we know in the back of our mind we're struggling with this, and, and we're, we want to do it, but we're, we put it off to the side. Sometimes we have, uh, you know, sometimes at home, I don't know if they have it here, back in the States, the, the ladies love to have the little honey-do list, you know, got to fix this. Do they have that here? Change the light bulb, you know, do these things, you know. Some of you are saying yes, some of them don't want to admit it maybe. But, uh, you know, what happens to us is these things. Preachers, you know, we know we're supposed to take care of things. We know we have to take care of the car. We've got to do this at work, all right? These are just practical day-to-day things that happen, but we put them off. And, And before you know it, these things are what? They're like up, you know, to here, and they're hanging over our head. And, you know, what I've been challenging our folks to do, you want to impact your world. You want to be effective. So what you got to do is you got to take care of whatever those things are. Now, they could be spiritual things, or they could be things that, you know, the preacher wouldn't even say they're spiritual. It could be, you know, I've got to do this for the wife. I've got to take care of this. Dad has been wanting me to do this for a long time. I know he expects it done. I know my teacher's expecting me to do this. I've got to get this done. I've got a paper to get in for college, and I've got to get it done. And these things drag us down. You're not going to impact your world, you know, if, if you've got all of these weights. The Bible says lay aside every weight and the sin that easily besets us. So sin can, you know, easily beset us, but so can weights. And weights can be all kinds of things, and they can come in all different shapes and sizes. And really, when I analyze my life, and I'm a pretty busy person. And even though I'm busy, there's a lot of extra time in the day. I was talking to Brother Curtis. I said, you know, sometimes we don't take care of the family. It's not because we're so spiritual. It's because when we get a, a few moments, we squander it. We waste it. And we're guilty of that. And uh, all of us have been guilty of that at one time or another. But when I really analyze it, I can look and say, you know, I probably got some phone calls to make. I probably got some work to do. And really, if I really put my, you know, nose to the grindstone, I could have all this stuff done in like a day, maybe a day and a half tops. And, it, and usually you'll have one or two things that it's kind of hanging there. And we got those things. And we just, and we're kind of foolish because we go through life and that we leave this thing hanging over our head instead of just doing it and taking care of it. And you say, Brother Lou, I thought we were going to get this big spiritual thing tonight. This is spiritual. We're going to impact our world. We've got to lay aside, like the Bible says, these weights. This is part of our preparation. And so I just want to, you know, challenge it. Consider these things. Um, Don't neglect it. Um, The Bible talks about another thing that's, that's a big deal. The Bible talks about bitterness. The Bible talks about this idea of forgiving one another. And I know some of you are thinking, boy, you're like way off topic. We're, ta- <laughs> We're talking about weights. We're talking about preparation, okay? We're getting there. We'll get to Jonah, too, <laughs> all right? We won't keep you here all night. I want to eat, too. I didn't eat, so we want to eat. All right, who wants to eat? All right, these guys want to eat. I know that. All right, so they're, they're my amen core tonight. Um, but forgiveness, sometimes what happens, you know, with us the Bible says, a wounded spirit, who can bear? And, and let me say, you know, we're all going to get wounded. You can't guard against getting wounded. You know, people say, 
you know, I'm guarding my heart so I'm not going to get wounded. You're going to get wounded. We're, we're, we're just mortal men. You know, we're going to get wounded. You know, guys and girls alike. You know, the guys say, I'm tough. You know, I'm not getting wounded. The girls always get wounded. Oh, let me tell you, the guys can get real wounded. Their egos are real fragile, especially in a marriage. And, and the guys know it, you know. The guys are looking for respect, you know. A, a woman, you know, she wants to be loved, she wants to be chosen, but a guy's looking for respect. And when he's disrespected, let me tell you, you know, that ego is, that's the chink in the armor. You know what I mean? If you want to hurt a guy bad, just hurt his ego. And it's the same for, you know, teen boys. It's the same for all of us. But we can get wounded, and then we don't let it go. And it builds in us, and it builds our root of bitterness. And to impact our world, we're not impacting nothing. We'll impact it in a bad way if we can't forgive. And let's look at Jonah, and let's just look at his life. Because there's some things in Jonah. When I've been studying Jonah, it's an amazing thing that Nineveh repents. And it's an amazing thing that happens. But when I look at Jonah's life, I see a sad existence. Here's a preacher. This guy's, I mean, he's a preacher, right? Isn't a preacher supposed to be spiritual? Isn't he supposed to, you know, you know do things right and, you know, never, never do nothing wrong? <laughs> you know that's not true. But, uh, but uh, Jonah's, a, Jonah's a mess. And in and, and verse 3 of chapter 1, it says, But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He's running away from God. And verse 17 says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God, out of the fish's belly. And let me tell you the story a little bit. Most of you know it. But here's this, here's this preacher. He's told to go preach to this wicked city called Nineveh. And he says to God, no. And he heads out. And he goes, and he, that's kind of a silly thing to do, to run from someone that's everywhere. But he tries, and we try, you know. I mean, the black preacher said, you know, God's so big, he'd be bumping into himself. And, you know, he's everywhere. How are you going to run from someone that's everywhere? But, but we do. Jonah did. Here's a preacher supposed to know. He takes off. He runs from the Lord. He gets in a ship. And the waves are raging. I'm telling you, I, I think Jonah is probably one of the most stubborn men I've ever seen. He's got to be brave or stupid or something because... I mean, when I get even on a plane, I've been on some ships when they're, it's a little rough. I don't like it at all. I get up on that plane, you know, and, I, and every year that I fly, I, I hate flying more and more. I flew to the Philippines one time, and I flew with this guy from our church. He's on the SWAT team. He's a former Marine. You know what I mean? He's an officer, you know, in the, in the community and everything else, this big, tough guy. And he's sitting next to me, right? And I got a couple other guys with me. We flew to the Philippines. And uh, my dad, you know, he, he had, this is probably the last trip he made. My dad just sleeps through everything. He's just like sleeping. And all of a sudden, the, the, the lady came by and gave me a cup of coffee. And I, I get this cup of coffee. And all of a sudden, we hit this pocket of turbulence. And I've, I've flown a lot. I never had turbulence like this before. That whole plane, we were in the very back of the plane, which is the worst place because it whips back and forth like this. And I'm telling you, I got the coffee. I'm holding the coffee like this, and it's shaking all over the place like this. It's burning my hand. The, the, the flight attendant hits the ground. 
He's on the ground, holding to the top. He's trying to hold the little cart, you know, that they push around. And, and he's on the ground, and he's going, throw it on the ground, throw it on the ground, throw it on the ground. And I'm thinking, that's just wrong. You know, like, you don't throw coffee, like, on the ground. It's, it's fine. I burn, burn in my hand. I, I threw it on the ground like this. That guy was on the ground for 15 minutes. Up to, the flight attendant. 15 minutes. He's holding on like this. And, and here's the SWAT guy, you know, former Marine. He's sitting next to me, you know. He's going, have, have, you, have you ever seen it this bad? <laughs> then he, he looks over to the flight attendant. He goes, have you ever seen it this bad? You know, and he's like making small talk. I wasn't saying nothing because I'm like, Lord, get us out of here. We finally got out of there, but four hours, I mean, four hours of the worst, you know, it was a longer flight than that, but from that point on, four hours, it was bad. I mean, I was, I was glad to be home. And when you get done like that, you're like, you don't even want to go in there again. But here's Jonah. Jonah's in the ship, and it's raging, and he's sleeping, like my dad was, sleeping right through it. But then what happens? They throw him in the water, okay? He's still disobedient to God. He's still not going to do what God, the storm's raging, you know, when, when, when God's, you know, mad at you, and I, and I preach a message talking about how when God curses you, no one's getting the curse off of you. When God blesses you, no one's getting the blessing off of you. They can rattle bones in your face, you know, dip you in duck blood. You're, you're not going to get cursed because God is God. But Jonah, think of this. He's rebelling against God. There's a storm, and he finally just says, throw me overboard. I mean, that's a stubborn preacher. They throw him overboard. You know the story. What happens? Swallowed up in the, in the whale's belly. When I was a kid, I used to, you know, we'd read these little archway books. I don't know if they have them over here. And they paint all these little cartoon pictures and all this, you know, and you watch Jiminy Cricket and different people like this. And so you see a whale, and you think of somebody inside a whale, and you kind of think of them kind of sitting there and hanging out looking around, wow, look at the ribs, look at all this, you know what I mean? But that's not the way it is inside a whale's belly. You know, think about that. He's in there, he's getting, you know, he's sloshing around, he's squished in there like this. I mean, the stomach acid's eating his hair off. There's smelly stuff in there. He's trying to, I mean, he's half suffocating, trying to get a breath of air, water sloshing. Okay, I, two seconds, and I'd be going, Lord, get me out of here, I'm sorry. What does the Bible say? Three days and three nights. Chapter 2, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Three days! I couldn't take it for two seconds. This guy hates Nineveh so bad. He's mad at God so, so, so much that he's not going to give in. Kill me, kill me. Three days, just kill me. But God is not killing him. And this guy, he don't, he don't care about Nineveh. He's not going to forgive Nineveh. And I'd love to know what the rest of the story was. I, I don't know what happened. But Jonah hated those people. And I don't know if they did something to his family. Now, Nineveh was a wicked city. They really didn't love the Jews. I don't know if they hurt someone that was in his family. But you know as well as I do, sometimes even when people, you could take it if they do it to you, but if they do it to someone I love, they do it to my spouse, they do it to my kids, they do it to my best friend, and you know what? I'm not forgiving them no matter what. 
And God says, go preach to him. And Jonah says, no, I'm not going to do it. That's what he says. He's a preacher. And I'm telling you, that's serious business. The Bible says in Mark eleven twenty six, but if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. That's what the book says. That's a heavy verse. Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. The Lord won't hear me. One of the saddest things I think that I've, I see as a pastor, I've seen you know, parents that have come to church for years. These are people that love God. These are people that are supposed to know better. I've seen them get hurt legitimately. You know, sometimes when we get hurt, we think that we've got a reason why we, you know, God will, God will, he'll wink at it because I've got a reason why I'm mad. I don't really have to forgive. I mean, after all, look at what they did to me. And that's the way we think. And a lot of people justify it that way, but God doesn't work it that way. God says, you forgive. Again, I told you, sometimes we have a false view of who we are. We forget what God did for us. We think better of ourselves than we are. We think, I never did nothing really that bad. And the saddest thing is to see parents saying, you know, they hurt my kids, and my kids are out in church, and I've seen that. I've seen uh, kids go astray, and I've seen them get into every kind of wicked thing that, that could, uh, you, know, you could imagine. And I've seen those people say, oh, Lord, please help my, help my son to get back. Lord, help him. Lord, Lord, please pull him out of that, that, that wicked lifestyle. And Lord, help him to come back to the church. And they pre pray and they fast and they do all this. But what does the Bible say? If they say, I'm not forgiving that brother that offended him, it's his fault that they're out of church. It's, it's, it's her fault. It's, it's my best friend. They're the ones that did it. I'm not going to forgive them. Look what they did to my kids. Look what they did to my best friend. Look what they did to my mother. Look what they did to my father. And they won't forgive. Will God hear their prayers? And they could cry all night, and they could be sincere. I mean, do they, are they sad for their children? They are sad. Do they want them to, you know, legitimately? Are they serving God? Are they in church? But God says you have to do what? You've got to forgive. We've got to lay aside the weights if we're going to impact our world. We're going nowhere unless we have a clean heart. Unless we can pray to God and say, Lord, Lord, I realize who I am. I realize that you have forgiven me. There's a story in the Bible. You might remember it about the, the guy that forgave all of those, you know, just, I mean, it was like millions of dollars that the guy owed. And he said, I forgive you. And then the guy comes over to his friend over here and he says, you owe me a couple of bucks. And he grabs him by the throat, and he throws him in prison, has him thrown in prison, and says, till you pay every little last penny of it. And he throws him and has him thrown in prison. And what the Bible says is that Lord comes, and he finds this guy, and he, he lowers the boom on him. And he says, you're going to pay it all. But see, this is teaching lessons about how God views things. We don't understand a lot of times how God views things. Our, our vision of God is skewed. We think God's going to listen to us. Hey, I go to church. Didn't you see me? Hey, God, didn't you see me? I preached in front of all these people. I preached in front of the teenagers. Look, I wore a tie. God, you should hear my prayer. And we think God owes it to us. That's not the way God works. God says, you've got to have to forgive. You're going to have to do it the way I'm telling you to do it. And, and Jonah, 
He don't care about Nineveh. You know the end of the story. Nineveh repents. He's over there sulking, all these problems. But I'm telling you, we got to forgive. The amazing thing here, when you look at the story, God heard Nineveh's prayer. God heard Nineveh's prayer. Nineveh is what? A wicked city. I mean, study it historically what those people did. They were wicked people. But God looks at us, and we, you know, maybe God wants us to be over there. I was telling Brother Curtis, God wants us to be over there, and here's the people over here in Nineveh, and, and you know, God says, I want you to be there, and, and they're over here with their debauchery and their sin and everything else, and God says he wants to be there, and this guy turns and repents, and he starts heading this way. God, God looks at him, and he hears what he says, and he becomes a father, and, 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 and they're, they're connected. And here's this guy that we see. Here's the preacher. Here's the guy that goes to church. Here's the good teenager that went to the conference. You know what I mean? He's here. And we look and say, well, surely, look at this guy. He's all the way over here. He's closer to the Lord. But this guy is gone like this. I don't care, God. And I turn like this. And God deals hard with this guy right here. And he's looking over there and going, look at Look at, you know, there's, there's, the, there's the, the publican beating his chest, and he's going, look at that guy right there. And here's the Pharisee, you know, the average Baptist coming into church. Look at me. <laughs> I'm not like, you know, those people out there that, you know, are saying the mass and everything else. I mean, I know what's going on, you know. And, you know, we think like that. Look at, I'm an Italian from New York. We think like that. Whether we're Catholic or Baptist, Italians always think they know what's going on. They think they, they know everything. Americans think they know everything. But Italian, New Yorker Americans, they really think they know everything. Let me tell you. But we're a mess, and we've got to forgive. We always think we know what's going on. I, I, I read a story about a, a, a lady. Here's this lady. You know, and, so, and we'll talk a little bit more about this perception and all this, you know, as we get into some of these sessions. But here's this lady at the airport. She, uh, she uh, is hungry. She's running. She goes and sits down. She's looking at a book. She's got about, you know, 10 minutes before her flight. And all of a sudden, she hears a paper rustling on the table. She's sitting at a table. There's a guy sitting here. She's sitting here. And she, she, her book is here. And, the, and there's some cookies there. And he's reaching in. And she's looking at, like, what's he doing with my cookies? And this hand comes in there. In the center of the table, he grabs the cookie. And he eats it. This lady looks at him like, <laughs> eat my cookies. You know, and we're not Greek. Yeah, the Greeks do that, right? Greeks just reach across, grab something out of someone else's plate. This is, she probably was English. She probably sat there and going, you know, what is he doing? But, but this hand reaches over here. So the lady just goes like this, and she's reading her book. She eats a couple of her cookies like this, reading her book. Next thing another, she hears crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. She looks up. This hand's going in there grabbing the cookies again. So, you know, the guy, the guy takes the thing, he looks at her, he smiles at her, he takes the pack and he pushes it towards her and, and he, goes, he goes, you know, you're welcome, like that. And the lady goes like this, grabs her last cookie and she walks off. She gets over, she sits there by the gate, she sits down in her little, you know, chair, you're just about ready to leave and she's looking for her boarding pass, she looks into her purse and the next thing she knows, there's a package of cookies in there. They weren't her cookies. But you see how all of a sudden her mind changed where she thought, this guy's a jerk. 
Now she's thinking, that guy, well, how sweet of a guy he was to, you know, let me, you know, eat the cookies and all that. I mean, what kind of guy would do that, you know? My brother would do something like that. I could see him doing that. But we think we know what's going on. We, we always think we understand. We won't forgive people. We won't, you know, deal with people because we, we know why they're doing what they're doing. And we got a, no clue what's going on. What we need to do is stay the course. We need to, you know, fight off the devil. We need to sit there and say, mentally, I'm going to go through no matter what. If people offend me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go on. And I'm going to fight for what's right. I'm not going to give in. There's a story about a lady that, um, a couple, this was in 1991, August 1991, up in uh, Glacier National Park. They're over there and they're bird watching. And, and you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, I was thinking about telling the story and they sang, what song was the first song that we sang? How Great Thou Art. This lady was humming, How Great Thou Art. She's out there, Glacier National Park. She's humming. This lady's like five foot four, you know, and like 130 pounds. And they're up in years. I think she was, you know, now forgive me if you're, if you're, if you're over 50 here. I say up in years. I am a young, young man here. 62. She was 62. That's probably ancient to you guys. 62. It gets closer every year. But, but they're there. She's humming, how great thou art. And all of a sudden, this sow with two cubs, this bear, comes running out. And, and they can be fierce when they're with their cubs, as you know. They dive on her husband, whose name is Dean. Her name's Lorraine. Dives on him and sinks his, her teeth. The sow sinks her teeth right into this guy, knocks him over, and starts, you know, mauling him. And here's this woman and, you know, thank God for a woman because, you know, I think, I think already mentally it's, it's always they're never getting my kids, they're never getting my husband. You want to talk about mentally prepared? Rah! One she bear met the other. This lady, she didn't have her purse. She had a pair of binoculars. She ran over to, the, to where her husband one was, this gigantic bear, and she's bashing on the, on the bear's head like that. And the bear looks up at her like this and turns and takes off. See the fire in that lady's eyes. But what was I saying with all that? I was saying we need to be mentally prepared. We need to, we need to say, look, I'm going to do some preparation. I'm going to get rid of these weights. I'm going to prepare myself that if I get hurt, if trouble happens, it's not about me. It's not about my personal protection. All right? It's about, it's about the other. God sums it all up like this. God first and then others. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's On those two hang the whole law. If we ever get that straight, Jesus, others, we teach it to the kids in Sunday school, Jesus, others, and you, joy, right? And then we start impacting our world. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for the attention, Lord, of these folks. And Lord, I pray, Lord, just in these moments, Lord, that you would uh, work on their hearts. I know we're going to have some questions, and Lord, they're going to contemplate these things. But Lord, we want to go out of this weekend changed. And Lord, um, I don't know if there's anyone here, Lord, that maybe has an unforgiving spirit, or maybe you've dealt with them tonight about something that's on their heart. Lord, I pray you'd bring it to mind right now. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would do some work here today. And Lord, whether it's it's uh, just uh, some friends that, Lord, have some unforgiving things. Maybe it's someone, Lord, that has harbored something for years and years and years and just can't get over it. Lord, help them to be able to put that under the blood. Put them behind them. 
never to bring it up again. Lord, we understand that we're going to remember it, but Lord, we're not going to bring it up again. Lord, we're going to commit it to you, and Lord, we're going to let it go. And Lord, I pray that you'd help them. Help us, Lord, not to be bitter. Help us, Lord, to have the right mindset. Help us, Lord, these sessions in the next few days. Lord, give me wisdom, Lord, beyond my years. And Lord, I pray that uh, we would just have a blessed time in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.